Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service, 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. Arkansas adds a, another name, another commitment to the class of 2023 as North Little Rock defensive end Quincy Rhodes Jr. has committed to the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yeah, big kid, 6'5", 6'6", 250-ish. Um, probably be an edge guy at Arkansas, uh, but has played a lot of different spots, played middle linebacker. Um but he's a he's a nice looking prospect. Uh, you know what is interesting with this the significance of it, and Danny had has done a lot of research on this. But when you look at the class as a whole now, that puts Arkansas at nine commitments for the class of 2023, and the only two schools ahead of Arkansas right now are Texas Tech and Baylor. That's it in terms of number of commitments. Arkansas is not. I mean, when you go back and look at the last decade, Arkansas has never had this many commitments. In fact, last year was the most that they'd had in a decade, and at that at, by the February fifteenth date, and it was four. So it felt like Arkansas's class last year was getting off to a pretty fast start, and they already have nine. They've already more than doubled it this year. So, uh, extremely fast start by Arkansas, and uh, yeah, this is a nice looking kid here. I mean, he's he's got a lot of size. Um, he gets off the ball well. He's very physical, um, so it's a nice addition. Not yet ranked um, on on twenty four seven sports, but he will be. Um, so, Quincy Rose Jr. latest commitment. When you start looking at the needs for twenty twenty three, is it too early, Trey, or can you can you just look at the at the roster and kind of project ahead to what? Uh, 2023 is going to look like so that you'll know what you need to, to add to the class. Well, there, there's, I mean, some things that you know you have to take care of. The good thing is if you mess up <laughs> and you have a bunch of issues with transfers or something like that, you can also address those in the transfer portal too. But, I mean, when you look at it, obviously you're always going to want to bring in uh, a decent number of offensive linemen. That's, uh, you know, Sam Pittman has kind of always said he wants to bring in like four um, offensive linemen a year. He did that last year, so I would expect that trend to continue. Never want to get in a numbers issue on the offensive or defensive line. And defensive tackle, um, I, I, I think, is is going to be a need just because they've kind of struggled recruiting that position um, in recent years uh, out of the high school ranks. So, that's always going to be an emphasis. Um, obviously, had a changeover with the defensive line coach. Um, so I, I really think when you look at your roster, you just kind of got to spread things out. Um, you cannot afford to go without a quarterback in this class, obviously. They didn't sign one last year. But that's going to be the case in most classes. You know, you're going to, you're going to try to sign a really good quarterback. Um, last year, it wasn't that they didn't recruit a quarterback. It's just that when the cards shook out and everything with – you know, having gotten Malik Hornsby the year before that and having K.J. Jefferson as just a sophomore, um, you know, they just did not hit on anybody that they really liked. So they didn't want to just take a guy to be taking a guy. So really, I mean, 
you kind of just got to spread things out, make sure you cover your bases, and then see what the transfer portal leaves you. Let's check in with uh, Big Keith. Big Keith, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Big Keith up in the house. What up, Rick Schaefer? Hi, Keith. What up, Randy Rainwater? What's up, Keith? How's it going, Trey Biddy? Going good, Keith. Okay. All right. Hey, hey, uh, <laughs> Randy. Before I before I ask Trey my question, I got I, I got to tell you a couple things. Number one, I'm mad at you guys. I've been to every Eat My Catfish restaurant in town in the state, and there's no studios wow. nowhere. Really? <laughs> uh, okay. I, need, I, need, okay. I guess That's I need to check Keith. that out for myself, except yeah. I'm on a diet, so that would be kind of, you know, I, I really don't need to, really need to do that right now. But I, I will check it out eventually to make sure there's credibility in that. Well, Keith, I, I have to share this with you. I don't want to take you – I don't want you to take this hard or understand – but there's no Eat My Catfish restaurant in the Buzz Studio either. So, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I know that's I know so that's I hard hearing, to grasp. Keep, it's hard to grasp. Yeah, yeah. I keep now, hearing Eat My Catfish Studio, so I just figured if there was an Eat My Catfish, somewhere. if there was an Eat My Catfish restaurant in the Buzz Studio, Marcus Elliott would live there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised uh, Travis hey, doesn't bring catfish down every once in a while. <laughs> Seems like that would be yeah part of the deal <laughs> hey randy i was going to ask yes. you a basketball question before i asked trey uh last game did i forgot the guy's name the guy who picked all the blocks for you know offensive mate gives us our the guy that did what foul. the guy who kicks all the blocks for arkansas that he takes all the blocks he kicks all the blocks he's always that takes all the blocks oh takes all the charges oh, Jalen Williams. Williams. yeah oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jalen Williams. Did he take yeah. any uh, uh, this last game? Yeah, he yes. took three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also eats okay, at my, I, uh, eat my catfish. <laughs> That's what right. he does. Well, I didn't, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't see any. I was, you know, in and out on that game. I didn't know. Uh, I think he's going to win the defensive player of the year for SEC. I think he'd uh, have to have a chance. I, I, I don't know who the candidates would be. Note's, you know, big on steals, and somebody else now is the steals leader in the SEC. But, boy, for all the charges he takes – Rebounding. I'd yeah. have to say he's got to be a candidate. Uh, I think Kessler exactly. for Auburn would be. Oh yeah, a never mind. Player. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I forgot about him. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, guys. Far and away. No, run. you're right. Blocks uh, run on shots right. a game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, Trey, Diddy, I, I got a question for you. Uh, yes. You know, uh, two things. How many uh, commitments are we allowed to have in one year? Technically. 25, but it depends on the transfer portal. If you have seven players leave after December 15th, then you can add seven more on top of that. Okay. All right, because that was never really explained. And then uh, the other questions so I got. That, it was the Houston nut rule originally why it got knocked down to 25. Um, Houston was at Ole Miss one year and signed like 37 players um, because he wanted to – he had a bunch of guys that were going to junior college and wanted to, you know – it was a common practice back then, wanted to sign them to, you know, just have them placed. So kind of in a sense, the, the junior college coach would protect them because they're signed with Arkansas um, when it came down to, you know, them being eligible, which, you know, it's, it's interesting practice. And nobody ever went to junior college and came back at Arkansas except for Dennis Johnson, not Dennis Johnson, it was another shorter running back, Brandon Barnett. 
Oh, okay. Brandon Barnett was either the defensive part... tackle or he was the running back. The running back, Freddie Barnett was a defensive tackle. His, yeah. his younger yes. brother yeah. was Brandon Barnett. Yeah. And Brandon Barnett is the only guy that was a sign in place that made it back to Arkansas, as crazy as that sounds under Houston Nutt. But Houston signed 37 people one year, and everybody got up in arms. How could this happen? Which was excessive, but uh, they installed the Houston Nut rule, which allowed you to sign 28, but you can only bring in 25, and then eventually they just cut it to 25. That's why you don't see any more sign in place. I, I like Brandon. He played. He's pretty cool. Uh, the other question that I have for you is, do you, when do you think, and do you think we would ever have like a midway schedule uh, of difficulties in SEC? And then the last question is, do you think, uh, I love our, our non-conference games this coming year. Cincinnati lost some of the players. Do you think there's still going to be a stuff? And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Keith, I think I think what you're asking real quick, though, I think what you, okay, I think what he's asking is if Arkansas will ever have an easy schedule or a middle-of-the-road schedule, easy by SEC standards. Is that what you guys <laughs> took it as? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have to – obviously Vanderbilt would have to roll on the schedule. Mm-hmm. At home, they haven't necessarily had easy times with Vanderbilt when they have no, rolled on to the schedule. They nope. So Vanderbilt would probably have to roll on the schedule. Um, and then they'd have to catch another team um, from the Eastern Division uh, who's having a down year. Certainly that's not well, Kentucky these days. They've been rolling they for a while. They only play one other one besides so, Missouri at this point, right? Right. So they'd so, have to catch somebody. Somebody and then they the have West Missouri. Need Missouri to need to be down. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just have to have a couple other teams just really kind of stink. And then um, the non-conference slate certainly doesn't need to include Cincinnati and BYU. Uh, as, as two <laughs> yeah, games. Right. So, Oklahoma State um, coming up. As yeah. your, you know, yeah. Notre Dame. So uh, it's it's possible. I've seen there's a lot of people out there, you know, they're coming out with who has the toughest schedule in Mississippi State. Upon, among the ma- national riders right now is winning it. Um, and I don't know if that's because they have to play. Mississippi State has to play Arkansas, and Arkansas is in all these way too early polls, and Arkansas plays mm. Mississippi State. Mississippi State's not, mm. uh, in, you know, in those early polls. Um, so I would I would, I would, still trade schedules with, with Mississippi State. Is Cincinnati in the early polls? Um, no. I think so. Yeah, I believe, they, I believe they're in some of them. Aren't they? The one that I saw, and that is – you know, they do this uh, S Way and L or something like that plus. I mean, they're they're in the top 50. But they lost a bunch. They lost a bunch, over 30 players mm-hmm. that were instrumental yeah. in their success. But they got to coach everybody. They'll respects. still be good. Yeah they, yeah, they could. Sure. Yeah, they'll still be good. Yeah, he just signed a $5 million extension um, through 28, I think. But, yeah, I mean – I, I like Mississippi State's schedule better than I like Arkansas's, so I still think Arkansas ends up three-peating. Toughest schedule in the country again. Oh, I'd be shocked if they were not among the toughest schedule. Well, I mean, I've seen two outlets, 24-7 and Yahoo, both named Mississippi State with the toughest schedule. Hmm, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's kind I'm of I'm looking it up right now. There's a, I know, like, let's see. All right, so Mississippi State plays Memphis to open, Arizona, Bowling Green, East Tennessee State. 
Well, I think I would take that non-conference slate versus Arkansas. Oh, my Arkansas's. gosh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No question. No question. So where did they get that I mean, even Arkansas's – well, I, I think it's probably just the SEC slate. They play Kentucky, obviously, as their uh, – as they're cross-divisional, LSU, Texas A&M, obviously Alabama, Auburn. Uh, they pick up Georgia also, uh, you know, Ole Miss obviously too. But I think it's their eastern rotation is Georgia. I think that's probably a big one. And then Kentucky is their permanent eastern, and they're, they're good. So that's probably what it stems from, hmm. having Georgia on there. Man, and then Georgia's. Arkansas play, and then Mississippi State has to play Arkansas, and Arkansas plays Mississippi State. And so, like when you're just talking about laying out the schedule, Arkansas is a tough opponent for them. So that's that's probably what it stems from. But still, I mean, playing Liberty, Cincinnati, BYU, and then you know your easiest one is Mississippi State. You know the coach that was fired in disgrace here, who was a really good coach, is going to have a lot of incentive. I mean they. Missouri State almost beat Oklahoma State last year in the opener. They almost beat them. So it's not going to be just well, they won eight complete games, pushover. Didn't they? I think they made did. Yeah, the they made it to the playoffs. They made yeah. it to the playoffs. They were ranked in FCS. And Bobby is added on to that recruiting class. So, uh, yeah, they got a chance to be good. I mean, at least it, it should be entertaining. Competitive. Right. Entertaining. It's definitely yeah. going to be entertaining. I think any time Bobby brings the team to town, it's going to be entertaining. But uh, Let's see from our Asher Record Service company, Life in Feedback. Mike says, ask Troy, where are they projecting Buster to go? I've not seen a lot on where he's projected to go. Um, not at all. And, I mean, I was like, I don't know how you handle a daily radio show, Randy. I was <laughs> – I'm like struggling for content right now. We're <laughs> we're a month away from we're a month away from you know the start of spring football, but we haven't spoken to anybody, you know, related to football since Sam Pittman had that brief press conference after the the bowl game. Hmm. That's it. I mean, can, can I can usually one? maybe I'll request. I can usually they, they... dissect. Sam Pittman press conference for, you know, a solid two weeks or so. <laughs> Maybe. And pull content, you know, I mean, just with the questions that I have floating in my mind, like, you know, you know, what have you guys heard on Monteric Brown or, you know, and the contract stuff that's, you know, that's just kind of lingering out there, still nothing on the contract stuff, which I don't understand how Arkansas's two new assistant coach hires don't have contracts right now. But coaches are still signing. I mean, look, Vickles, I just mentioned, uh, just signed his extension. So it's not like Arkansas is way behind everybody. No. But, um, it does feel like it's taking a while. Request one. Just email Kyle and say, just hey. Just throw can, one in. Can, yeah, can we okay. get I'll I know we're a month away from spring football, but uh, pre, uh, winter conditioning is going on and all that. Do you think we could talk to the coach about yeah. it? I get the feeling I'll that as long as contract stuff is still lingering out there, that's not going to happen. No, Well, never know you try. But I'm going to try. I'm going to do there it. There you go. There you go. All right, Trey. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, how does that help us? Okay, Kyle. That's, that's... Kyle, I'm sorry that as a former SID, I asked somebody to make a request. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, we need Kyle him for drive time sports. How about that? Yeah, how about happens. how about we share him with Trey? How about we have Coach? Well, they, ne- they, they never had a post. Uh, they never had a post bowl 
press conference. Yeah. That that's usually that's traditional. So. Right, and then there's always been a National Signing Day press conference, but nobody yeah. signed on the late <laughs> signing right. day, so there's no reason yeah. to have one. Right. So we're just kind of. And you could always sneak in a few questions there that were not necessarily recruiting related. Oh, yeah. But uh, didn't even have that, so you're right. Yep. It's been rather quiet since the bowl game. All right, let's check in with Jason. Jason, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Hey, how's it going, guys? Man, going good, thank you. Hey, uh, looking back, we had the question about Cincinnati being ranked in uh, yeah. one of those way too early polls that Trey that you posted on your website. I think Cincinnati was top twenty and maybe top top fifteen in one of those polls. I know Arkansas was pretty highly ranked too. So, uh, like you said, I think they're going to have a lot coming back. Um, thinking back to you know when we won that losing streak in football, I know uh, Sam Pittman was talking a lot about. Crawford and St. John maybe getting in there and, you know, adding some more bulk. Uh, as you think back to that time, they never really saw the field much. Uh, and I, I think, you know, people were kind of expecting maybe a, a shakeup there. Do you think that was to motivate the glimmer and, and those guys who had the starting spots? Or, or do you think uh, what, what was behind all that? I'm sorry. You started your question. I didn't realize you were posing it at me, and I was looking at ESPN's top 25 poll that has, <laughs> by the way, BYU at 18, Cincinnati at 19, and Arkansas at 20. Ooh, you start over yeah. on the front of it. At, Underdogs uh, again. Yeah, Underdogs yeah. Again. <laughs> I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Uh, back when we went on the losing streak, Pittman was saying we needed more bulk on the offensive line. He was talking about Crawford and St. John, mm-hmm. you know, getting some more snaps. We never really saw that. Do you think that was – maybe a, a ploy to motivate Limmer and those yes. guys? Or do you think maybe maybe Crawford and uh, St. John didn't really show much in practice? There's no question. I think it was a motivational ploy by, Pitt, ploy by Pittman. I, I absolutely think that's what he was just – he was trying to light a fire under him. Hey, we got these other guys that are – you know um, – because I, I also remember there, you know, was some concern over guard play and stuff. And, you know, Ty Clary, you also had kind of a change out there um, with Ty Clary, um, you know, falling back behind Bo Limmer. Uh, I do think that those guys can challenge this year. Um, one of them, I would think, is going to be your starting left tackle. Uh, if Unless it feels like neither of them are suited for left tackle, then I think it's a possibility you, you bump Bo Limmer out or something like that. So, and I think that you know, I mean, you look at Arkansas's offensive line right now, you've got two guys who are about to be fourth-year starters and two other guys who are about to be third-year starters. And that's tough to beat out. <laughs> I mean, so, um, but I, I do feel like it's, you know, it's it's about time uh, for one of those guys, if not both of them, to, to possibly move somebody out. It's definitely something I could see happening. Well, look at the uh... – the depth chart, as provided by Trey Biddy of HogSports.com. And, I, I mean, Unofficial. I see the same. F- <laughs> yeah. I see these same names I've been looking at now for at least a couple of years. Dalton Wagner, mm-hmm. Bo Limmer, Ricky Stromberg, uh, Jalen St. John is kind of a different name. Uh, Brady Latham, just as you talked about, Trey, it's the same same yeah. names. And I'm, I'm guessing that's, again, a method by Sam Pittman. Because the same names keep popping up, they, you don't want them to get complacent. You got to keep pushing them. So that was one yep. way to do so. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's—I mean—it's good to have multi-year starters on. It's hard to, 
you know, want to shake up when you have that cohesiveness with an offensive line. You know, the guy you're from, you're, you know, next to, you're familiar with, you know, his tendencies and stuff. And, um, you know, you know, you don't want to mix it up too much. That's something that always bugged me with, um, you know, the end of the, the Brett Bielema tenure at Arkansas with Kurt Anderson. It was just musical chairs every single week. It was just a new combination of offensive linemen. And just, it's, it's kind of funny because during that era, there was one guy, they moved from the defensive line to offensive line, yelled to Froholt, they put him at left guard in the spring, and they said, okay, we're going to work him at left guard, we're going to let him get comfortable, we're never going to move him, we're putting him in the starting lineup, hmm. and yelled to Froholt ended up being their best offensive line. I, I think maybe, obviously he has a lot of natural ability, but I wonder if it helped him at all to stay at the same spot for an extended time while nobody else was afforded that luxury. Hmm. You're right about that. All right, Trey, we will talk to you tomorrow, and I'll give you time to come up with some content for tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> All right. That's Trey Beatty of Hogsports.com. Be brought to you by Asher Record Service Company. Stay tuned.